Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Horse Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. I'm Melinda. And this is our 25th episode. This is so awesome. Thank you to everyone for listening and helping us get this far. Because when we started this podcast, we actually had no idea where this would go. None. So thank you for everyone for listening and supporting us. And every week we grow just a little bit more. And I'm really excited that we made it to 25 episodes. I am too. Since it's the end of the year, we thought we would close out the last two weeks by doing a roundup of all the 2019 horror movies that we watched this year. Uh, Some are good some are not so good um but this is gonna be part one of two of our 2019 horror movie wrap-up and then at the very end we are going to list our top three favorite horror movies of the year and also our bottom three so this is not an all-inclusive list of all the 2019 horror movies that were released because honestly there was probably well over 100 of those but we did compile a list of about 50-ish movies uh, some that we had already seen some that we never even heard of because they're not as well known a lot of independent horror movies came out this year Uh, we tried to get through as many as possible these last few weeks I'm actually a little bit burned out from watching so many bad horror movies i know i was like i think i might watch a romantic comedy tonight <laughs> no i'm kidding i would i hate romantic comedy I, I, actually- I can attest to this i there were nights sharon would watch two or three horror movies after work in uh, in a night and uh, it was intense yeah. yeah i actually had to watch a marriage story the other night because i was like i need a break <laughs> um not all these movies were released in 2019 in the states mm-hmm. so some were released in other countries couple years earlier but they made it to our list because they were officially released in the u.s in 2019 yes thank you for pointing that out some of these movies um we will get into more of a little bit of a a deeper dive but we will try not to give away any spoilers or we'll definitely give a heads up if we're going to talk about something that could potentially be spoilery definitely so this is just going to be kind of we recommend it we don't recommend it and yeah And also to celebrate our 25th episode, we thought we would do this episode with a little sparkling wine. So, Spencer, you want to pop that bottle? Woohoo! That was an authentic champagne pop. (laughs) Although it's sparkling wine, not champagne. That was not a sound effect. (laughs) That, That is the sound of a 2018... Trader Joe's RSVP Brute from California being poured. Because we, we keep it classy. $7.99 a bottle. Here at Horse Talk Horror, we are <laughs> nothing but classy. Cheers to 25 episodes. Cheers to 2020 and to what lies ahead for uh, the podcast. And also cheers to everyone who listens to us and supports us. We Absolutely. love you. Thank you. We love you guys. Especially cheers to them. Okay. There's probably going to be a lot of belching because this is carbonated. (laughs) (laughs) And I do not do well with carbonated drinks. All right. So to start off, we're just going to get this movie out of the way. We've talked about it so much. So it's no surprise that it's on our list. And it's the number one on our list only because it was the first horror movie of 2019 that I thought of 
midsummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spoke a lot about it in our very first episode and in multiple episodes after that. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about it a lot. Obviously, you know, if you listen to this podcast that we love this movie. And that's all we're going to say about it now. If you want to listen to a deeper dive into this movie, then um, go listen to our first episode again. But it's, I think it's safe to say two thumbs up from both of us on yeah, this one. for sure. Yeah. All right, Mindy, what's next on your list? The next movie we have is called Hagazusa. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, in English, that translates to A Heathen's Curse. Um, this, I actually watched this on Shudder. It's highly recommended right now on there. Um, but uh, this movie is beautifully shot. Um, it's a super slow burn, uh, no pun intended, as it touches on witchcraft. Um, is This is the tale of a lonely woman in the mountains of Germany in the 15th century. Uh, paranoia and superstition abound. If you're not a fan of the Vivitch, as we like to say, or the witch, um, <laughs> as it's called, you won't like this movie. Um, just FYI, I'm going to get that right out there. Psychologically, it's cre- incredibly horrifying with a somewhat lovely but sad ending. And I can't emphasize how pretty this movie is to watch. Um, it's shot, it looks like, on location in the hills of Germany. I also can't em- emphasize how slowly it moves. The slow burn's effective, uh, building to an ending that was no big twist really but that I kind of also didn't see coming if that makes sense but yet it had a quiet horrifying dignity so I dug it but just know what you're getting into did you like it better than the witch I've been thinking about that actually no I don't think so okay is I think what I finally come to but it's different enough because of like tonally I Uh think than the the witch but it I, I think i like the witch better see i'm not a big fan of the witch so i honestly you should probably well stay away from this one see and that's a tough call because i feel like this one is i didn't find the witch particularly scary necessarily i was just intrigued mm-hmm. and they grabbed me right from the beginning um this one i'd say maybe is a little actually scarier than the witch or creepier than the witch so maybe oh, okay. you would like if you're in the mood on a winter's day and you're got nothing to do check it out yeah yeah yeah. i think for me the problem with the witch was it was so hyped up like everyone was like oh my god this movie's so great it's so scary blah blah blah. and then i watched it i was like okay like i don't mind slow burn movies but it was just yeah. like it well it just yeah and there it's was just so stylized like i think that hit a lot of people and i like don't the- really like the um, the main actress in it who was her name she was in game of thrones um oh i didn't know that but yeah i i'm not like a big fan of her so ah. that was like another reason i didn't really care for i did appreciate the ending i like the ending of the witch uh, yeah. but it, it just um yeah it wasn't really my thing okay well then maybe hagazusa is for you right. and I, and at least you know what you're getting into so you can always like i said if there's a nice calm winter's day when you have nothing to do maybe put it on and then if you're like get through some of the trippy parts and you're like eh you can shut it off but at least you know what you're getting into that's all i'm saying all right so uh the next one i have is one cut of the dead this is a uh, japanese movie what's the japanese title sharon uh yeah <laughs> well i could try and pronounce it no, i'm, I'm just, probably I'm gonna kidding. fuck it up it's I'm just uh camera oh terror oh geez 
Tamiru na. Wow, you went for it. Mine was way easier. Tamiru o Tamiru na. And I probably said something super offensive in Japanese. <laughs> so sorry. Um, Out there. But so technically, this movie was, re- was released in, in Japan back in 2017, but it did not reach the U.S. until 2019, which is why it's included on this list. And this is the best concept for a zombie movie that I've ever seen. I literally just heard about this movie two weeks ago, maybe, when I was making the list, and I didn't even realize I was seeing it on on Shutter mm. and just kind of ignored it because I don't know. It didn't like the the yeah. cover of it didn't really like attract me. But, but they, this, you know what they say about covers and judging by them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but anyways, this movie is so fucking original, creative, well-acted. It's funny, and it's basically one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen. If you like zombie movies, this is a must-see. And the most amazing thing about this movie is the first 37 minutes of this movie is actually shot in just one take, one fucking take. It took two days and only six takes for the cast and crew to get the perfect one like 37 minute wow shot you didn't tell me about the six takes part that's actually pretty incredible it it only i mean to do that 17 minutes well when you 37 minutes yeah sorry uh the whole movie was shot in only eight days i'm not gonna say anything else about it because you just need to fucking watch it yeah that's all i have to say mindy what do you got next the tigers are not afraid which i watched on shutter i'm not going to even try and pronounce the spanish language title this is a subtitled film it's not i would say a traditional horror movie though there are plenty of creeptastic moments throughout i cried as i was writing this little synopsis um it is a beautiful heartbreaking horrifying and ultimately devastating urban tale of estrella a young girl who sees ghosts and her homeless friends living in a drug war ravaged urban jungle in mexico hiding from a ruthless local gang responsible for estrella and her friends become all becoming orphans there's way more to it than that. It's it's actually pretty heavy, but worth it, um, with an unexpected sprinkle of whimsy at times, and literally devastating horror at the end. Um, but I give this five out of five of Moro's stuffed tigers. Moro being the cutest of the street kids. He's maybe five and super cute and to find out what a stuffed tiger is, I think you should watch it because I think this this movie was wonderful and everyone should see it. But just make sure you have Kleenex ready. That would be my suggestion. Cool. This is on my list of movies to watch because I've heard so many good things about it. It's really good. It's really, really. And the, I mean, you said this before, kids with accents. <laughs> but Marl's like the littlest guy and he's so freaking cute. God. Anyway, yes, please. Tigers are not afraid. Watch it. All right, so the next one on the list that I have is Child's Play, the remake. And you did not see this one, right? I did right? not, no. Okay, so I did talk about this. I think it was episode 16 when we did our first horror movie or October horror movie roundup. Uh, I liked it. I uh, think the origin story of Chucky makes more sense than it did in the original one. And I love love. Aubrey Plaza. So for those reasons, I liked it. And if you want to hear more about it, listen to episode 16. But yeah, so since we've already talked about this movie, 
I'm not going to get too much more into it. I know a lot of people did not like this movie. And, you know, I like this. I like the original. And I think it's worth the watch. Okay. Awesome. I do actually want to see it because I also love Aubrey Plaza. Um, On a similar note, we have on the list uh, Happy Death Day to You, um, which I actually reviewed this on Instagram as part of our 31 movies of October and kind of hit all the main points. Um, Sharon, you did see that you saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We both really liked it and I kind of feel like we touched on it. I think, I think we, we talked, talked about it. Yeah. Even, so it's all right. It's all blurring together at this point. We've been watching a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good. I highly recommend it. It's not perfect, but they really na- that the lead actress is fantastic, and they they nail like the friendships and the rela- what the characters for me is what makes it more enjoyable. Not even like the scares or whatever. I just mm-hmm. think it's a lot of fun. So I, I if you like the first one, don't don't shy away from the second. Yeah, I I want to say we did talk about this in either episode six or it was in like the other October horror movie roundup that we did but yeah I agree it's a fun movie and if they do a third one which they're hinting at yeah I'd watch it yeah totally all right so the next one on our list and we've actually both seen this one so is it's ready or not I really really liked this movie agreed um it's a comedy horror but I really felt like so the trailer, obviously, it gives a lot away. I did not see the trailer. I actually knew nothing about this. I just knew it was on the list. Oh, and so you went in cold. My friend was like flipping through. Because we were actually going to watch, I think, um, some other horror movie that was on our list. And we found this one. And he was like, let's watch this. And I was like, Sharon, just watch this. Well, okay, it's on our list. And then was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And delighted. The first 15 minutes of the movie, because I basically knew the entire plot yeah by the um by the trailer um but in the in the first 15 minutes I didn't really um realize how the main character was going to um how it was like set up for her to get to the point where her like in-laws were hunting her down so the first 15 minutes of the movie or so I was actually like Waiting for it. Yeah, well, yeah. And it was like, I was kind of, I was really, really nervous for her. And there was like this certain sense of like dread and heightened uh, a sense of tension because you know that the main character has no idea what's about to go down. But if you've seen the trailer, you know that the new bride is going to be hunted down in cold blood by her in-laws on her wedding night. And she's completely unaware of this fact. Okay, so that was my question was, so I guess it sounds like the trailer makes that pretty clear. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Because I actually, as I watched the the first few minutes of this, I knew something was obviously amiss Mm -hmm. and was going to happen. So I was also feeling that sense of dread, but... and. But I, I won't say why there was a, a key, slight cue, but like I didn't know exactly what was coming. Um, so I, yeah, I think trailer or not, it kind of worked in the same way for both of us. But yeah, and then the rest of the movie is just like this fun cat and mouse game oh, um, of, of the most fucked up version of hide and seek that you can play. There was a lot of really really funny moments, and the bride, who is played by Australian actress Samara Weaving is a total fucking badass and her dad is um Hugo Hugo Weaving uncle that's what I was just gonna say his dad or uncle oh it's her uncle I thought it was her dad okay well he's Hugo Weaving and 
you may know him as um the- El- Elrond. Elrond and also he's in the Matrix as Does he have a name? He's the uh Agent I was going to say Agent Cooper. Um <laughs> Agent uh Smith. Oh yeah. So he's also a really good actor. So it runs in the family. And uh, side note, um, if you've seen the movie Cloud Atlas, he's in that too. And he get, is dressed as a woman in a few scenes. He's not a very pretty woman, but his niece is gorgeous. We will, we will, <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. And an amazing, awesome actress. I agree. She was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I thought the ending of this movie was really enjoyable. I, yes. I liked how it ended. Yes, and, and it's not a perfect movie, but it's a ton of fun. It's nonstop horror action, and I would totally recommend it. So, yeah, if you are looking for something um, fun and gory, check it out. All right, so what's next? Okay, so the next movie I have been actually very excited and waiting to talk about is The Nightingale, directed by uh, Jennifer Kent, who uh, wrote and directed The Babadook. I love Jennifer Kent. I think she's a genius. And this is her second film. So I was waiting with bated breath for this to come out in theaters. And it turns out if you Hulu, like you pay for Hulu or whatever, it's on Hulu. So FYI, you can watch it there. That's how I watched it. I don't want to say much about this movie, obviously. And we said no spoilers, but it's set in almost the same time period as, what did we say? Hagadasu? Uh, the the <laughs> German movie on our list. Hold on, hold on. Uh, the Heathen's Curse. That go back movie. God damn, this is a long list. Scrolling, scrolling. Uh, Hagazusa. Oh, there we go. Okay, I was. Cl- if sorry. if that's pronounced correctly, a Heathen's Curse. We'll go with the sure. the the English translation. It's set in the same time period as that that film. Thank you for pronouncing, Sharon. I'd argue maybe not for the more traditional horror fans in terms of a recommendation because it is a horror movie but it's 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 not really it's less so than the babadook actually and again like the other german movie which sharon would how, how do we say that hagazusu hagazusa hagazusa okay like like with that movie if you're not a fan of the bitch you pro- i don't think you like this necessarily i do feel like even though we said no spoilers or whatever i do feel like i have to say that trigger warnings for some extreme violence uh, and sexual assault but jennifer kent is a fucking genius and manages to find beauty in all sorts of truly horrific tales and this one is a horrific tale for me this only cements her as a director who knows how to manipulate her craft to emotionally entrench the audience in the feelings of the characters they're watching I'm going to come back to this. I I don't I, I really want to watch this again, but I don't I don't know that I can do it right away. She's just a genius and I truly loved this movie even if it's not every horror fan's preference. And I there's so much more I want to say about it, but I don't because I want people to see it and I don't want to spoil anything, but it's she's fantastic Jennifer Kent and it's a beautiful but horrifying movie. Hmm. All right. Yeah, that might be another one that's kind of like not gonna be at the top of my list uh, actually we'll talk about it privately okay <laughs> all right so the next movie that I was this was like one of the movies that I was most excited to watch this year is Dr. Sleep and uh, Mindy and I actually uh, well she read the book I listened to the audiobook and so I'm just so bummed that I bailed because it was a it was a later show on a Sunday night and I should have come lame, with you guys. Lame, I know I'm lame. so 
mad. But anyway, take it away, Sharon. All right. So for those of you who do not know Dr. Sleep, takes place 30 years after the events of The Shining movie. Stephen King wrote The Shining. Stanley Kubrick made the movie. Stephen King hated that movie. Which I actually understand a lot more now after reading Dr. Sleep, but we can And talk about have you that. read The Shining? Yep. Okay. So yes. Uh, we've both read The Shining and we've both read or listened to the audiobook of <laughs> yeah. um, Dr. Sleep. Stephen King hated Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining because it strayed so far away from the book. The Shining was uh, Stephen King's, um, he was dealing with drug abuse, alcoholism. That was his book about his personal experiences. Um, then he got sober and many, many years later, someone asked him, hey, whatever happened to Danny Torrance? And he kept thinking about it, thinking about it. And then he wrote Dr. Sleep, which I think he wrote in, was it 2012? Spencer, check that. It came out in 2013. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's so right. it's close. Yeah. So this movie follows a now adult Danny Torrance, who uh, the gist of it is he must protect a young girl who also has the shining. Or the shinning. <laughs> as they say on The Simpsons, and he must protect her from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children who shine and ingest their steam or basically their shine to remain immortal. It does deviate a lot from the book. Lots of the main characters are absent, but I tried to watch the movie very objectively as if I had not read the book and I thought Mike Flanagan who um love him also he did the Haunting of Hill House uh miniseries on Netflix on Netflix and he also uh wrote and directed Hush Ugh, my, um, one of my I don't like home invasion movies and I fucking love that I love Mike Flanagan yeah he's Big really fan. really good and he created a really good screenplay that worked well great for the film and the changes that he made made a lot of sense for a film adaptation. Um, he did a great job recreating scenes from the original movie rather than using old footage. Um, I, I th- he was on, he did an interview on last podcast on the left mm-hmm. and he said that he worked with Stephen King on making this film and was able to convince Stephen King that despite his feelings towards the Kubrick film, that that's what most people like envision and relate to when they think of The Shining. Mm-hmm. And so it would be more relatable to tie it to tie those two films together. And so King agreed reluctantly. Exactly. Yeah. He, the the movie basically takes place from where the, or so I should say Dr. Sleep actually is a continuation of the movie and not the book. So gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, Stephen King was on board and he um I was gonna say he actually has like a great role in this but I'm getting like things mixed up because I just watched it chapter two (laughs) (laughs) and Stephen King actually has like a really great role in that but anyways so back on track yeah sorry um so Mike Flanagan he recreating scenes from the original movie rather than using old footage and the recreation of the Overlook Hotel itself was extremely well done. Oh, my God. And it was really, really hard to distinguish from the sets from 
the original movie. And this is from IMDb. Most elements from The Shining, the 1980 version, were recreated with duplicate sets. Mike Flanagan painstakingly recreated the sets of the Overlook Hotel from blueprints acquired from Stanley Kubrick's estate. Though three shots were reused, the uh, aerial shot of the water and the island that are in the beginning of um, Kubrick's Shining. Um, And then there's the two shots after it where the car is driving along the mountain road and those shots were actually degrained and recolored as day for night and had snow digitally added to it just to like change it up a little bit and make it fit with this film. Yeah, I didn't realize that those were from the original movie, but... It, it just it fits so well with the the film that you would have no idea. So I actually did not know that he did that. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I've seen some stills of like Ewan McGregor, who plays adult Danny Torrance. And he's um, amazing. He's oh, so he good. Always is. Like, I've seen like stills from him, like in the Overlook, you know, like on IMDb or whatever. But they had a still from it's like room 217 in the movie right the scary room and i did i well, thought that no, was a sh- so in the book it's 217 in the movie it's 237 but so i thought i did they just had a still from like the like on imdb of like that lady in the bathtub and mm-hmm. i thought for sure that that was retaken nope. from the original film so you just blew my mind because now I, now i'm so pissed i didn't see it i'm, I'm gonna try and find it like bootleg <laughs> online between now and like next week i swear to god Good oh luck my, at that. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, no, it was He's a badass Mike Flanagan. I love him. Yeah, the I mean <sighs> the movie I had to sit on it for a few days before I uh fully appreciated it because I was trying to really separate it from the book. Um, but the more I think about it, the more and more I just love this movie. And he also so in because he had to recreate all these scenes. Um, and obviously, uh, Jack Nicholson is a little too old to be playing uh, Jack Torrance. And also, um, Shelley Duvall is... I, she would probably... <laughs> She'd probably tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah, if he was like, oh, I want you to uh, reprise your role as Wendy, she'd be like, yeah, go fuck yourself. She's... Cause yeah I don't ever yeah Stanley Kubrick broke her yeah (laughs) basically that's actually not that funny but no but she yeah yeah Um, plus they're both significantly older so we can't do flashback scenes to like little Danny as after the events of the (laughs) first film like but little Danny does have a cameo he does I read that part in the new movie um and so Jack Torrance is played by Henry Thomas my future husband who was the little boy from E.T. and has done many, many and things. Cloak and Dagger. That was since. my favorite movie with him. Sorry. Um, and also the person um, that they cast as Wendy, I thought, did a really good job. So it, him recasting Jack and Wendy and Danny, great decisions. Awesome. Um, there was a throwback scene towards the beginning of Doctor Sleep where Danny's interviewed for an orderly position um the room that he's interviewed in is an identical shot or it's the room is identical to Stuart Allman's office where Jack Torrance was interviewed for the caretaker job in the original Shining rad I mean like paint color everything like bam spot on Mike Mike Flanagan's the shit man he he did a I mean he had to compete with he yeah fucking Kubrick 
you you cannot fuck that up which he and he said in his interview on last podcast he was like and i wasn't even gonna try but like this is the story we were gonna tell and we were gonna do a good job with it yeah and clearly it sounds like now i'm oh i want to see it check so out bad. that interview if you have not done so already um it's a really really good interview with mike flanagan and <sighs> he uh lets you in on a lot of insight into the movie but yeah i you know i was didn't know what to expect because movies are never usually as good as the book mm-hmm. and i i love the book for one reason i love the movie for other reasons sweet yeah it's very this this might be on my uh list of the uh top three favorites from mm. this year but we'll see we have a lot of other movies to go through all right well that's exciting thank you sharon you're welcome all right so the next movie mindy and i both saw it's velvet buzzsaw which is a satire set in the art world scene of L.A. Everyone's super pretentious and cutthroat and looking for their next big discovery in the art world. And a struggling assistant to a bitchy gallery owner discovers a huge art collection in her upstairs neighbor's apartment after he dies. And she takes all the artwork from this unknown artist and uses them to make a name for herself in the art world, even though that she knows the artist whose uh, name is Vetral Dees wished for all of his paintings to be destroyed. Hmm. <laughs> Why did he want them destroyed? Oh, that's weird. Uh, soon the paintings, or maybe even the deceased artist himself, who, um, well, we won't. Honestly, I don't really want to say too much. Yeah. But uh, we're, we're just going to say that maybe that was not the best idea for her to take these, <laughs> these paintings that pr- probably should have been destroyed. And in fact, were requested to be in his like last will and testament or whatever. So yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, you know, consent to the wishes of the dead. Yeah. So things get a little bit dark um, at this point. And um, shit gets weird. <laughs> shit gets weird. Overall, I liked the film. I liked that it was a satirical horror movie based around art because I <laughs> I do love art. I do not like pretentious artists, mm-hmm. which kind of um, makes me, you know, if you find those pretentious artsy fartsy people very annoying, you might really like this movie because they might get their comeuppance. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. I actually watched this with the captions on because my radiators were like screaming for some reason that night. But I would actually recommend doing that anyway to anyone because the dialogue is really fantastic at times. Uh, Much to Sharon's point about um, the pretentious art scene, the main character, well, sort of main character, Morph, who's played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And you see his butt. You do see his (laughs) butt. um, But like... They're like, for instance, the the satire on the art world is like spot on. Just a quick little bit of trivia from IMDb. When the director, Dan Gilroy, was asked in an interview with Vanity Fair how he came up with the idea for the film, he said he was at uh, the Dia Contemporary Gallery in uh, Beacon, New York. And it was the Tuesday after Christmas around five o'clock in the afternoon. No one else was there. And he was wandering around this big, huge, empty warehouse with all these uh, kind of disturbing contemporary art uh, pieces and wound up in the basement in a video 
video installation with like dentist chairs and rats running around and just thought, man, this would be a great place for a horror movie. (laughs) That's awesome. And the idea that artists invest their souls in their work and Ah. it's more than a commodity that has always interested me. I suddenly saw a way of incorporating it all to explore how when art and commerce are dangerously out of balance, bad things can happen. It clicked very quickly. And uh, one final note, the term velvet buzzsaw is, uh, has a sexual origin related to cunnilingus. Is that from the director or your observation? That's That was just another little bit of trivia. Oh. That oh. was on IMDb. So... Um, I'm sure you can figure out what that means. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but sweet. Yeah. I, honestly, this movie does not have great reviews. And it really doesn't. A actually. lot of people hated it because I think they thought it was supposed to be um, take itself seriously, which it is not. It's a fucking satire. And I thought that was kind of obvious, like almost immediately. We also we I wanted to mention uh, Tony Collette is also in it, and um, she just universally rules. I just want to say that. Yeah. Um, she was in this movie. Yeah, I I was kind of surprised because I was expecting it there to be more d- about it that disappointed me, and there wasn't really anything that much that disappointed me, except for the fact that a lot of people, I heard a lot of negativity about it, people not liking it, and I mean it wasn't, it was creepy, it wasn't like jump scare every five seconds, but I thought it was engaging and and an interesting commentary on art in the art world and very funny but and do i need creative. to mention jake gyllenhaal's butt again well if that's not enough to get you to watch the movie yeah he was like gratuitously not clothed which <laughs> many I, scenes. I had no problem with especially <laughs> except i did think about there was a one scene where he's sitting like on a outside of a pool on like a beach chair or whatever he has a laptop covering these nuts <laughs> uh but he's naked completely otherwise. And I was like, wow, I guess Jake doesn't want kids. Because, like, why, don't put a laptop there, guys. <laughs> Just, But, yeah, I don't want to say that much else about it really either. But I I love, I really liked it. Yeah, I was surprised by the negative reviews. And that made me sad. We both recommend it. All right. So the next movie that I have on my list, um, you did not watch this, Mindy. But it's Satanic Panic. Oh, yeah. And it's a satirical horror comedy about a group of Satan worshippers who just happen to be rich white people. (laughs) (laughs) And an unsuspecting pizza delivery girl shows up at the doorstep of one of their mansions just as they're about to perform one of their satanic rituals. Great. And they want to use her as a virgin sacrifice. All I'm really going to say about the plot, I definitely think that there's an underlying social commentary in this film about how the richest people in the world can pretty much get away with anything they want, but the movie does not take itself seriously at all. There's a lot of gore if you're into that. Also, if you want to watch Rebecca Romaine finger bang a man's soul that looks like a giant bloody vagina and watch two girls get slayed with a kildo, which is a killer dildo that looks like a cone-shaped drill, then this is the movie for you. God, I've been looking for exactly (laughs) that viewing experience. But... With that being said, it was okay. I mean, I wouldn't say it's great. It is what it is. It's a just kind of a silly satirical horror comedy about rich white Satan worshipers, if that appeals to you in any way at all. Okay, so this next uh, film, both Sharon and I watched, and I'm going to be silly, and it's called The Curse of La Girona. <laughs> not really. It's it's. I'm not great with Spanish, but it's La 
Girona. Uh, yeah, yeah, Girona. I took French in high school. We'll say that sounds like kind of how they pronounce it in the film. Apologies to um, any Spanish speakers out there that I just butchered, but I couldn't help myself Not with the Not butchered joke. the Spanish speakers. Oh, my God. Butchered the title of the film. I'm just going to stop talking now and let you talk about this movie, and I might chime in later. All right. So Sorry this is- to everybody in the world right now. <laughs> but go ahead, Sharon. What's this movie about? Tell us. Well... This is another James Wan produced film. I seriously have no idea when this guy fucking sleeps. I did not know this before I watched it, but this is part of the whole Annabelle Conjuring world. Why well, I didn't know that either. And well, did you not realize that when you watched it? No. Because there is a scene where they show the Annabelle doll, which is the only reason I even know. But I didn't think it like meant that it was part. I thought it was just a wink. Mm, I mean... I think if it's a wink, it's part of the world. Because it, it can probably it's part make, of the world. It'll probably make be, money. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be tons of like mashups now. Oh, boy. Um, All right. Now I'm getting wan burned out. But, but the, the actor who, um, Tony Amendola, who played Father Perez in the original Annabelle movie, reprises his role. Oh, okay. In this movie. So it's the same character. I didn't watch the first Annabelle movie. Uh, well, you, you shouldn't. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> um, I'm not a fan of that movie, and I didn't even remember his role in it. Um, okay. And if they didn't show the flashback scene in this movie, that is basically just like a flash of the Annabelle doll while Father Perez is talking about a past case okay. he worked on. I would have had no idea that these movies were even linked. Um, but Linda Cardellini plays a child wel- welfare worker who completely ignores like in one scene that her daughter has burn marks on her arm which made no sense to me she's like what happened your arm and her daughter's like I fell or something like that and she's like you know we all have it hard sometimes here's your doll like what the fuck like you're a child welfare worker (laughs) these look like finger marks that are burned into your child's flesh she obviously did not fall I just did not really Enjoy this movie. I didn't really care about any of the characters. There was no tension and all the jump scares were really predictable. But I guess, you know, it's really hard to keep coming up with new and creative ways to do jump scares. And especially like, you know, with this series of movies, I think Mm -hmm. they kind of do the same things over and over and over again. So I wasn't really a fan of this movie. And um, I'm sure there's going to be like three more. There's going to be multiple. Yeah, I'm a... I agree. I'm a little uh, burned out on Juan <laughs> right now, um, specifically like that style. But we have The Conjuring 3 coming up. Oh. I mean, we have to watch that. Oh, well, I will because Patrick Wilson is in it <laughs> and I'll watch him do literally anything. <laughs> but um, the one thing I was happy about with this movie is that I think that it, I mean, if all of these movies, these James Wan produced movies do make money for better or for worse, and I love the hell out of Linda Cardellini. So I was like, well, I, I really hope she got a good paycheck for this. I bet she really did. That that made yeah. me happy because I love her. If you like Linda Cardellini, watch Dead to Me because that's like the best Which fucking I'm not done yet with, TV so. show that, well, one of the best TV shows I've seen all year, and I cannot wait for season two. Um, but yeah, that's a much better watch than this movie. So I'm going to say... Uh, skip this one. And clearly not effective storytelling because I didn't pick up on the fact as uh, not having seen the first Annabelle movie that this was connected. So yeah, major fail. 
So the next movie that we're going to discuss, Mindy just watched. I saw this back when it came out in the theaters, so I actually don't remember it. It's not as fresh in my in my mind. So I'm going to let um, you start talking about this, Mindy, and then I'll join in with you. Um, we're going to be talking about us. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I think <laughs> you had no idea what movie I was about to say. No, I didn't. And... Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I we'll just, just start talking about it anyway. <laughs> okay. So, uh, like us, like you and me or like, no, I'm, oh, I'm oh, joking. I'm joking. I'm well, joking. we met in the third grade and <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Um, the movie no, Us I, by Jordan Peele. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I want to start by saying Sharon has commented a few times about, I think some of these movies that, uh, the trailer kind of ca- gave a lot of spoilers away. Right. Oh, you know what? Let's. Fuck horror movie trailers. I've decided that I'm not watching them anymore. Good. That's what I was just about to say. Because, because they give they give away basically the entire plot of the movie. They give away all the jump scares. It basically ruins it for me. I'll read um, a description of a horror movie, but I am completely avoiding horror movie trailers from now on. Okay. That was what I was going to say. Because I actually saw like the initial teaser trailer for this, and then that was it. Because I was like, okay, I want to see this. I don't want to see anything else or hear any anything else about it and so since I barely saw the trailer I only had like just the basic idea of the plot like the they look like us oh my god so I was pretty much a nervous wreck throughout this entire movie I loved it I didn't say that yet I actually really loved this movie Um, some of it is yes uh, predictable to a degree even without having seen the trailer, but none of that bothered me enough to annoy or distract from the fun I was having watching it. Admittedly, I feel like the ending was a tad heavy-handed, but overall, I thought this was a fantastic sophomore effort, or whatever the phrase is, from Jordan Peele. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous that that was your experience, because I watched at least one trailer of it, and I thought it gave away a lot of the jump scares, and it really kind of ruined it for me, because I didn't really... It was creepy, but I did not find this movie scary because I felt like I knew everything that was going to happen because of the fucking trailer. But anyways, that sucks. When I, it was funny. The timing of my watching this was rather, rather funny. Uh, they talk a lot in this movie about paying attention to coincidences and synchronicities, which Sharon and I do anyway. But the first 20 minutes of the, I was watching this movie, I was kind of losing my shit. Um, I had just watched The Hole in the Ground, uh, which... We'll talk about later. Thank you. And started noticing thematic similarities between that film and the movie Us, which I won't get into because spoilers, um, except to say that both have scenes that prominently feature creepy crawly as fuck spiders. Uh, So trigger warning on that because I hate creepy crawly spiders. Well, creepy crawly in in general. But also, if if you've not seen either of the films and you want to, I may recommend watching them back to back because hopefully, preferably knowing little going into it um, because that's a really trippy experience (laughs) when you see us after you've seen a hole in the ground. Interesting. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, Another observation was that, so the Red families... Um, which I'm just going to leave that at that, and you'll get to see what they are when you see the movie. Or if you've seen the movie, you know what they are. But I noticed that the Red families kind of make the Juan slash, like the grudge The sound. what? The John? Juan. Is oh. The, it's the yeah, original yeah, yeah, yeah. Japanese version of the grudge. Sorry, it sounded like you just said, like, John. <laughs> My Japanese is terrible. 
Uh, and I'm such a sucker for like unnatural jerky movements and what I call a good scare glare. <laughs> a scare glare. Like, you know, if somebody's got a creepy look on their face or like, and, it, and it's just like them sitting there and it's just like this creepy, scary look like, um, in the miniseries, it when that opening in the opening scene where they flash to Tim Curry and he's the clown with this like horrifyingly evil look on his face, uh, like that uh, alone kept me up. Like when night. we were little kids and I used to like yes creep towards you like all slowly exactly <laughs> with this deranged look on my face. Yes, exactly. And they make great use of that in this film, but they also make that I can't do it right now. But that like weird guttural note throat sound sometimes from the grudge which I thought was kind of cool and lastly I'm kind of now convinced that Lupita Nyong'o is a Cylon honestly I mean I don't I I how in the frack is that woman so damn talented and amazing I I don't understand it I really don't and she her voice as read yeah I'm speechless her yeah, she was so good at playing both parts in this movie. But honestly, every single one of the actors, especially the kids, man. Yeah, I, the it was kids well are so, so well cast. That's probably I did not like this movie as much as Get Out, but I will say, like every actor in this movie was so well cast. It was and so perfect, well yeah. done, and it was very creepy. And I feel like now that enough time has gone by since I watched it originally, I have to give it like a good solid rewatch. And it's also pretty different thematically I think from Get Out Mm -hmm. I loved the family almost immediately and and that I was able to like get right into like their world so to speak Um, and a lot of that had to do with the first time we see the family driving to their summer home for vacation like it's this lovely aerial shot of their car and they're jamming out to uh, Janelle Monae and I think (laughs) that like right then and there and then like the kids and the parents like putting on music and dancing in the car like I it was just relatable and fun and and I like when a movie very quickly and easily can like get you invested and then shit hits the fan yeah he he nailed that pretty well so yeah I I definitely give this a big thumbs up and uh Lupita you are gorgeous and you can literally do everything apparently Cylon or no I want you on my team when the zombie apocalypse happens (laughs) saying so I think this is a recommendation both of us, we both really like this movie. Absolutely. All right. So since you already mentioned it, Mindy, let's talk about The Hole in the Ground, which is an, a film from Ireland. It's an independent horror film, and it's probably one of the best independent horror films that I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, definitely. It's beautifully shot. It has a slow pace, but it also builds tension, and it gives you like little horrifying moments along the way so that you don't lose interest mm. um, because it is kind of a slower paced movie it's nothing completely original or groundbreaking but it definitely held my attention and I was totally creeped out and it has a little kid with an accent so that just you know I it gets bonus points just for that because I love it that's I your kryptonite kids I can't with stop myself <laughs> kids with accents is oh your my kryptonite. God. um yeah this this movie had my attention almost immediately um it is definitely gorgeous and I looks like set on location in the Irish countryside. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Also, emotionally unstable trauma survivors always seem to think that relocating to a new environment, preferably out in the country in a giant ass (laughs) house that's drafty and old as fuck with plenty of nooks and crannies for killers or demons to hide is the cure for what ails them. 
clearly because that always works so clearly um, that is not the right choice uh but yeah it, make, it makes for good movies sometimes it does so regardless of that the movie presents valid arguments that keep you questioning up until the very end which way it's going to go i don't know that i'd call the movie slow but maybe go with more of like a quiet burn if that's a thing <laughs> uh whichever word you want to use every second is thick with tension and I'd say this is easily one of the creepiest movies on the list that I've watched, at least in my opinion. Um, I also am on board with Sharon's love of kids with accents. They are adorable. And if you watch the movie or if you've seen the movie, did anybody notice the pattern of, wa- of the wallpaper on the stairs that the mom finishes putting up? Yes, it reminded me of The Shining. Yes, thank you. I, I figured you would have saw that, but I... I that you hadn't mentioned anything so I just wanted to I was also like there. mental note like that's <laughs> I need that wallpaper for my house it was actually really nice I like the color yeah and the, the actors were good it's no oh, one I every, mean yeah they were all I think I don't know who they were I honestly I didn't look at their bios I don't know how many of the other movies they've ever done but they were all really good and like the little boy fantastic was good and yeah. there's a lot of movies about creepy children and I've watched a lot of those recently. <laughs> um, but this is how you do creepy kids right. For real. Yeah. It, that, Wait, that sounded kind of bad. I mean, not in that way. <laughs> not in that way. You guys know what we're talking about. This that, is how, That's staying in. Uh, this is how you make a horror movie with creepy kids effective. Yes. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you for that. <laughs> All right. The next movie on my list is not a movie that I normally, um, I don't normally watch this genre of horror movies. I watch Crawl. I mean, I've seen Jaws. I've seen Arachnophobia. I've never seen any of the Sharknado movies, although I do really want to watch those one day. My mom has seen all of them. Really? She loves them, yeah. I mean, one day when I have nothing to do, I just kind of want to do like a marathon of those. Um, Because they'll make you laugh. My mom, that's why she watches them. Oh, yeah. I'm not expecting them to be good or scary or anything. (laughs) Sharknado by Francis Ford Coppola. (laughs) (laughs) But Crawl... It actually, I really enjoyed it. I have not heard of this at all. I had no expectations for it. And it's kind of one of those like high budget disaster movies. But it also like preys on all of your worst fears. Claustrophobia, drowning, alligators, being trapped somewhere and being unable to get out. Mm. And hurricanes. It combines all these things into one movie and... It's basically only two actors. Huh. It's the the main um the main girl. I don't remember her name. I've never seen her in anything else. Uh-huh. But she's actually really really good. And then it's and it's her dad. And okay. it basically she she's in Florida. She's a swimmer in college. Uh, this hurricane's coming in. Everyone's told to evacuate the area. She's trying to get a hold of her father. She cannot get a hold of him. She drives to her childhood home to try and find him and realizes that he is trapped unconscious under the house in a crawl space oh yeah i know why it's called crawl um but it's basically like nonstop tension filled with action there's actually some pretty cool special effects sweet the one complaint i did have about the movie which actually raised the tension for me and i will say this little bit of a spoiler it doesn't really give anything away in fact if you're an animal lover this might actually make you want to watch the movie the main character she has a dog yeah and the entire 
movie i was like oh my god please don't let the dog die yeah. please don't let the dog die and that was like my worst fear of the entire movie i was like i'm i don't really care about the alligators right 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 but like <laughs> like i don't really care if like the actors die but like just let the dog live spoiler alert the dog survives okay because i will see <laughs> i have shut off movies before where i was like I could see that like something bad was going to happen to the animal and I was like, nope, and just shut it off. So I actually might watch this now. Yeah. No, I think that's a helpful spoiler. I think, honestly, I thought it was really fun. I think you would probably like it. Okay. But. Cool. Yeah. So. But I appreciate that you let me know because then now I don't, that'll help. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that the dog's Any fine. animal lover listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. It's like it's- Paranormal Activity 2 when the, I mean, I was sad that the dog got hurt, but then I was like, oh, thank God, because it was like at the vet hospital recovering when all the bad stuff went down. I mean, sure. I, the parents got slaughtered in that movie, but like, Meh. thank God the dog was in the <laughs> hospital and survived. Absolutely. All right, Mindy, what's your next watch? Um, The next watch I have is called Nightmare Cinema. Um, The basic synopsis from IMDb. Five strangers converge at a haunted movie theater owned by The Projectionists. And that's capitalized. The Projectionists. The Projectionists. Uh, Once inside, the audience members witness a series of screenings showing them their deepest fears and darkest secrets over five tales. It's a film anthology that definitely has a sense of humor about itself. Not only itself, but the horror genre as a whole. Uh, there's gratuitously fun gore, some not-so-subtle nods to the classic Twilight Zone series, and features a great collection of character actors, tongue-in-cheek cameo appearances, and Mickey Rourke. <laughs> um, it's a little long, but it's pretty fun. So um, it has a few, and I honestly had th- thought it had a few genuine scares along mm. the way. I'm going to say come for the scary and stay for the funny. Hmm, okay. Is that lame? I don't care. Whatever. I'm going with it. I'm going with it. This was one of the ones that was on our list that I actually um, did not watch that I really wanted to watch. So would you, you're recommending would, this, it sounds like? I, I am. And I think that you would really enjoy it. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I like uh, horror anthology movies. And also I like horror movies that have a lot of cameos by, Are you, I'm assuming you mean like horror actors. Yeah, like some I didn't know, obviously, but um, there, there's one in particular that is from something that we watched recently, and I went, oh, when when I saw this person, so. Okay, cool. Yeah, it, it, and a f- pretty funny one, too, so, yeah, I definitely think, I'm trying not to spoil things, but I definitely think it's a, it's a, it's a two slightly dead thumbs up from me. <laughs> okay, when I'm not so burned out on horror movies, I'll, <laughs> I'll give yeah. this a, I'll give this a shot. All right. What so, you got, Sharon? Well, uh, the next movie I'm going to talk about is A Girl on the Third Floor. Another uh, movie I haven't heard about. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wish I didn't hear about this movie either. <laughs> <laughs> you watched it, so we didn't have to. I did. Yeah. And honestly, guys, if, if there's like a lot of these movies that um, that you have not watched yet, we we definitely took some for the team here. And, <laughs> and I would say this is one of them. So basic plot summary, uh, a guy with a history of cheating on his wife, and he also narrowly avoids going to prison, tries mm. to renovate a rundown mansion on his own because him and his wife are about to become first-time parents, and he's looking forward to his new life in the burbs, which... The premise of this is like, okay, I'm not really sure why this woman who is 
attractive and she also seems like she's basically like working and supporting both of them why and honestly I'm not I'm probably getting some of these facts wrong but it seemed like after he cheated on her and after he narrowly avoided going to prison she decided to stay with him and have a baby although maybe I'm getting this a little out of order well but babies always fix a problem in relationships you know that oh yeah that's like that's a guaranteed fix (laughs) um and I mean you know this happens in real life so there's whatever that that's not even like the worst of it (laughs) but so he's renovating this mansion and he starts experiencing supernatural shit because you know when you start like tearing up a house you know the ghosts be pissed the (laughs) ghosts are mad uh he learns about the history of the mansion's sordid past um (laughs) and without giving too much away i will say that the history of the house does explain why there's stuff that looks exactly like cum <laughs> oozing from all the walls, the uh, shower head, and the vents. Uh, okay. Yeah. But fun fact that I got from IMDb, apparently it was filmed in an actual reputed haunted house in Frankfurt, Illinois. What? Which is not too far. That's where my aunt and uncle live. Yeah. It, I mean. And or by them, I should say. Yeah. It's close to where we grew up. Yeah, and for I, sure. I know a lot of people that live in that area. So I kind of want to find out um the history of this house and maybe like drive past there i was gonna say i'm gonna can we i'm gonna find the address <laughs> i know what i'm doing for christmas break right yeah you're actually gonna be out i'm gonna in that be out area. in the suburbs yeah so the main character in the movie is played by cm punk who i was like that name sounds really familiar didn't know who it was but he's a uh, american mixed martial artist comic book writer and former professional wrestler i'm not in that world well <laughs> i like comic books but um yeah the professional wrestling mixed martial arts world that's not my thing you're not an expert no not at all so <laughs> i didn't know who he was and he might be good at all those things but his acting is so bad it's just it's really really bad so i would not recommend this movie if you want a good movie about uh, a haunted house that what i actually thought this movie was going to be more like stir of echoes would be oh yeah my recommendation I actually kind of thought this movie was going to be like more of like a modern twist on like that story or not, you know what I'm saying? Like a a haunted house story where there's like some secret in the house that they have to like uncover to, you know, set the spirit free. Well, and Stir of Echo is actually a set in the city of Chicago. And if this is set in the suburbs, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Although they never said that this was in Chicago. It's just that supposedly is the filming location. Yeah. Okay, scratch my last so comment. But still, yeah, I would agree. Storvacos is a good one. Yeah, Storvacos is really good. Anyways. So is this a... How many zombie thumbs do you give this one? I give this two thumbs down. Okay. Do not recommend. All right. So, Mindy, do you want to talk about It Chapter 2? Let's get into it. All right. It, ha, 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 Sorry. That was not <laughs> intentional. But yes, let's talk about It Chapter 2. So you read the book, right? I... I like a long time ago, yes, but I yes, I've read the book. Okay, I have not read the book. We've both seen the original miniseries with Tim Curry. Since I haven't read the book, I don't know if I can really give as good of a review of this movie as maybe you can, but basically my thoughts on it, the positives are the cast. The cast is amazing. Uh, the sets are very well done. My favorite scene was probably the scene with Jessica Chastain where she visits her old apartment. And this is not really giving anything away because this was 
in a teaser that came out. Um, yeah. Fortunately, they did release that teaser and it showed almost the entire scene, which kind of ruined it for me, which again, fuck teasers and trailers for horror movies. I'm not watching them anymore. Yep. I thought the movie was way too long, which I, I realize it's a really long book. So if, if you're trying to do this movie well and keep it close to the book, it's going to be fucking long. Uh, I thought there was too much CGI in the movie and the ending of the movie just is not really satisfying to me. So I'd be really curious to see how the the ending of the book compares to the ending of the movie. And a little spoiler here, uh, if you want to fast forward through this, I'm just going to say a little bit about the the ending. Um, so maybe huge spoiler if you haven't seen this. But I just think after like six fucking hours of film, they basically, and here's where the spoiler comes in, defeat Pennywise by calling him fucking names. That's just so... It's so underwhelming. Well, not entirely. Well, That's not how they kill him, kill him. But they they can shrink him down to size so, so they, he's defeatable. Yes. Which but there's... Is, more, I don't know. Well, I mean, the whole, the whole idea, too, is that he's preying off of the children, or it is preying off of the children's imaginations. So the idea is that if to them he's not scary anymore, it takes away his power. Their imaginations and fear, specifically right. fear. Because they talk yes. about ghosts doing that in general anyway. But yeah. And when they start calling him names, That's they're not afraid anymore. Exactly. It's empowering. Squeezing the heart is really what killed him. I mean, okay. And that is essentially kind of how he died. It's a little different in the book, but I mean, essentially. Basically, it is It didn't not, do it for you? It didn't do it for me. But it's not my favorite Stephen King story, which is probably the main reason I have. Like, there's a lot of things I like about this movie, and there's a lot of scenes that I like. Mm-hmm. The ending is what ruins it for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know... It wasn't horrible, but I did decide that after um, finishing it, chapter two, that I do prefer Tim Curry over Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Mm -hmm. And my other positive thing about this movie is that there's a great cameo with Stephen King as the owner of an antique shop. And I thought that scene was actually really great. It was a fantastic, that was a fantastic scene for like a number of reasons. Yeah, that, that was really great. I would agree. I have read the book. Uh, I just watched this movie last night actually, because I was waiting for a friend to watch it with me and then he bailed. So I watched it myself. Fuck you, Andy. Hey, (laughs) yeah, it's been a rough week leading up to Christmas here. Let's all be nice to each other. I, I do agree with Sharon's like initial points uh the cast set scenery bev's crappy bev's uh, jessica chastain's character her crappy ass apartment visit i actually loved that scene as well and there were i i remember seeing that trailer that you talk about but i there were details that i were in the movie that i don't remember being in the trailer so i thought it was scarier than what i had initially seen and it's also been a while since i've seen that trailer so because i don't watch movie horror movie trailers for that very reason i i kind of disagree with the rest of what sharon was saying which is funny because that rarely happens wait are there gonna be more spoilers possibly possibly but i'll give you more of a heads up um so personally I've actually always considered this book, specifically the second half, to be unfilmable. I remember reading it when I was young and like the monster 
is slightly better described in the book than it was in the original, as it, than it was depicted in the original miniseries, but only by a little. Um, I actually read a quote just this week somewhere, and apologies because I don't remember where I saw this, but internet somewhere. Um, the gist was that this book, It by Stephen King, was the moment where publishers were just letting anything fly, <laughs> especially because it was Stephen King. Turns out the monster is it actually a giant spider. Sure, why not? Um, I remember actually reading it as a kid because I was a kid when I read it and going, wait, what? What now? Like it, it literally has that jarring effect as much as I feel like it does in the movie because they did use a level of camp. I felt like when in depicting some of the monsters in this iteration, the CGI issue didn't really bother me. Um, I actually at the end was like, wait a minute, did they just pull off the spider? I think they just, holy shit, they just pulled off the spider. I found the penny spider, hashtag penny spider, um, to be more effective than I had anticipated. Are you coining that hashtag? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I think because this iteration combines the nightmare that we know, aka Pennywise, and adds a gallon of horrifying with the spider legs thing, which again, I, I don't, I creep out with spider creepy leg things, so... That maybe just was biased because of my own fears. Uh, I also dug seeing the deadlights like pulling the strings through Pennywise at the end. So I actually kind of like really didn't mind some of the stuff that I think bothered you, Sharon, about the ending. But I wonder if that's because I'm carrying extra knowledge from the book. I think, yeah, I think if you read the book, I think it so makes more sense. And it's not just like haha ha, like we're making fun of you and now we can defeat you and it's like okay it just kind of like uh i don't know it was yeah a little bit of a letdown for me and i i mean that's kind of how it ends in the miniseries too so. and that is how it ends in the book i actually though think beyond i actually think these guys did a little bit better with that um my favorite scenes though were the ones split between the past and the present uh the book and the miniseries I think was sort of set up that way the book definitely was the stories told as a mix between past and present but the actors from both generations I thought were exquisitely matched and it was just plain adorable to watch their adult selves being such perfect matches for their children's selves, I thought. Um, this is a really long story, for sure, but I actually think they were successful in trimming the fat and focusing exclusively on advancing the loser storyline through the flashbacks or hallucinations or whatever. Um, I actually kind of thought they nailed it for the most part, but like I said, I wonder if I'd feel differently going in without the extra background knowledge for the from the book so I kind of don't know if that makes this movie successful or not um, I do concur that overall I prefer Tim Curry's Pennywise but I appreciate that Bill Sarsgaard managed to create his own Pennywise that was unique in its own ways without copying or trying to compete with Curry's performance I'll just say that the bleacher scene actually made me jump pretty high off my couch I'm not kidding and also seriously what is in the water or what was in the water when those Sarsgaard kids were growing up? Because, Jesus, they are also fucking talented. <laughs> the ending was still the same ending, essentially. But the way they, they portrayed it here, I actually cried at the end. Um, Stephen King can get nostalgic. Anyone who's read The Body or watched Stand By Me knows that. 
And they got me in the final moments of this film. And again, speaking of King, his cameo is definitely fantastic. And while we don't get uh, Bill Race's The Devil Part 2 as we did in the miniseries, I loved that it gets a mention as Bill leaves the shop with his new slash old bike. Fun fact, Bill's wife has a much larger role in the book and the original miniseries, as do a few of the other minor characters like Bev's husband. But given the time constraints, I found the choice to omit those characters from this film was a wise one. Having said that, um, to stay on theme here, Bill's wife in the miniseries was actually played by our gal, Olivia Hussey, a.k.a. the original Jess from Black Christmas. Overall, I would say that personally, Chapter 2 exceeded my expectations, which... To be fair, we're rather low, considering I had no idea if they'd have the chops to pull off what I still consider to be this batshit grand finale ending of the book. Um, And I kind of think that they did pull it off as much as they could, or as much as anyone could, nail a giant monster that turns into a spider that can turn into a clown and eat (laughs) innocent children. Well, I'm glad that you appreciate this movie more than me. And I do like this movie more than I like the miniseries. Although, because I watched the miniseries as a kid, it kind of has like sentimental meaning to me. I I don't feel like I have any really perspective to tell whether or not I find this movie to be a success or not, because I think my my opinion was skewed. And Mm -hmm. to hear you being like, I found the ending laughable. Like, I totally see your point. It, Like I said, the book is kind of like that because I remember getting to the end and being like, for real? Like, because it is a giant spider and it is like this ridiculous, crazy ending. But I kind of now wish I could come from the other perspective and watch it without having read the book. Well, now I just need to read the book. And also, n- since you mentioned Stand By Me and, uh-huh. we're, and we're talking about Stephen King movies, I would have to say... Stand By Me might actually be my favorite Stephen King movie, even though it's not a horror movie. It's like by far, I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of all time anyways. So, and I always kind of forget that it's Stephen King, Mm. but God damn, that movie is so fucking good. Well, that one, and then there's a movie coming up on our list that um, I, also by Stephen King, that I would probably say one of the iterations is my favorites of his movie versions of his books, but we'll Well, the original. Yeah. But yeah, so let's just talk about that now. So let's let's just do it. Let's just get into uh the remake of Pet Cemetery. Um uh, my only question is why do they feel the need to remake this? Yep. <laughs> I I never read the book. I actually started reading the book when I was a little kid. I never finished it, but the original movie is something that we watched a lot in our childhood mm-hmm. and this movie had none of the creepiness or darkness of the first one the characters just i didn't fucking care about any of them honestly and the the original movie while not great it was just it was so much better than this and the fact that they felt the need to remake it, it just like what <laughs> yeah so I, I feel rather passionately about this <laughs> this movie for a few minutes or a few reasons. I think did we I think we saw this together, the original. I think we saw it together like in someone's basement, like in the fourth or fifth grade. Probably. Yeah, I, I agree. I did also read the book when I was in the fourth or fifth grade. God, our childhoods were weird. Um and the book is I think really terrifying and I do feel that the original really captured that my recommendation would be to stick with the original film if you want to watch a movie version in this case i think it's true what they say 
sometimes dead is better. And, oh, Sharon, also, don't forget the original film had a screenplay written by King himself. And I would actually say that it's one of my favorite book-to-screen adaptations. It's Mm. one of the best. I don't know if I was aware of that fact, but okay. So basically what we're saying is (laughs) skip the movie, either watch the original or read the book. And sometimes dead really is fucking better, baby. Absolutely. Sorry, guys, but that's where this movie goes. Let's talk about another book made into a movie that Stephen King did not write. Okay. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, yes, which you saw and I will see, but I've not yet seen. I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought the storyline connecting all the stories together was a little bit weak. And I should say that these are books that Mindy and I both read growing up and absolutely love these books, even though I've recently (laughs) (laughs) read through one of them and it's not really that scary. Um, But it was scary when I was little. Yeah, they were. I really did love the cast of the film and also the look of the film, which kind of made up for the storyline being a little silly. Um, But the movie takes place in the 60s and I thought they did a really good job of making the movie feel like it was set during that time period. So the sets were gorgeous and I just love um when they can you know really make you feel like you're watching a movie that's like filmed during the time when it is set yeah and so since we did grow up reading these books I was really really excited to see how they were going to link all the different stories together I think they probably could have found a better way to do it okay Um, interesting but you know it was fun seeing stories like the big toe and Harold come to life and that's kind of what made the film for me um they even used the her song which is another story from the books as the musical theme that plays throughout the movie maybe I should reread the books honestly you don't need to reread the books okay to appreciate this movie I think like once you start watching it it'll all kind of come back to you but yeah, they, the, my favorite part of the movie basically was just seeing all these characters from the books that we read come to life. And honestly, looking at the books now, the scariest thing about them is the drawings. Oh, yeah. So they did a really, really good job making those drawings in the book come to life. That's awesome. Yeah, the design I thought was really good, of, especially of that uh, scarecrow character, which you see Dude. in the trailer and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, and uh, I yeah, oh yeah, this the even just seeing it in like a still of it, I was like, damn. Yeah, that was that was Harold, and yeah, they did a really really good job of that um, creating that character. Also, I kind of hope that they because there are at least There's at least lot, three right? books, probably more, but I kind of hope that they do another one but that it's not a sequel I kind of hope they do another movie and just come up with a a completely new theme to like tie all these stories together because I thought like I said that the main theme tying all the stories together was a little weak and I think they can do a better job but I would love to see them recreate more of these stories from our childhood cool so I would totally recommend this movie I know it didn't get get um great reviews but i enjoyed it awesome well i'm I'm totally gonna watch it i just didn't have time all right so i think that's gonna do it for this episode and join us next week to hear the rest of our uh recommendations or the movies we hated the ones we recommend you not watch (laughs) exactly so yeah tune in next week and as always thanks thanks for for getting getting creepy creepy with us. us